Welcome to Vice Casting Couch, Season 1, Episode 14. I am Ryan, and joining me is John and Aaron. Today we're going to be talking about how Amazon lied to Congress, Facebook sues the NSO group, and China, again, attacking the uh, Uyghur population in their country. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Oh, just fantastic. <laughs> Better than I deserve. <laughs> oh, no. You stole that straight from Dave Ramsey. He's going to call it... Pretty sure he's got that trademarked at this point. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, shittier than I deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right, so I'm going to start with this uh, Facebook NSO fiasco. So I know we've gone over in the past and the NSO group and how they made the Pegasus software, uh, which was used and sold to several countries around the world. And it basically uh, allows uh, governments to hack into WhatsApp and you basically spy on people and take control of their phone and stuff like that. Uh, we've gone over it in a previous episode if you want to uh, see the back the backstory on that. So Facebook is currently suing NSO though. I believe they uh, filed the lawsuit last October um, for how the hacking firm leveraged the vulnerability in WhatsApp to help governments hack users. NSO uh, sells the product as I said called Pegasus which allows operators to remotely infect cell phones and lift data from them. But according to a declaration from the NSO uh, CEO, Shalev Julio, I think that's how you say his name, um, two Facebook representatives approached NSO back in 2017 and asked to purchase the rights to use certain uh, capabilities of Pegasus um, in their own apps. And (laughs) uh, most notably, they wanted to use it, uh, Facebook used to have a free VPN called Onavo, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it was Onavo Protect, and this was a an app you could install, and it had a VPN capability, but it also just protected your phone from any like suspicious activity and stuff like that. Um, it had access to everything on your phone, like it tracked everything. Um, <clears throat> so they wanted to integrate certain capabilities of Pegasus, obviously, into their free VPN to basically, and this was this was not released as well. This was unbeknownst to, to users. This was going to be pushed into the app. And also, most users didn't realize that every, uh, every part of their phone was controlled by this app. So Facebook was basically lifting data themselves and tracking uh, where people were going, what other apps they had on their phone, um, I mean, it was pretty pretty in depth, and according to uh, I think it was VPNMentor.com, they said that this uh, actually led to Facebook acquiring WhatsApp in the first place because they noticed that so many people were using it. Uh, they then approached uh, WhatsApp and eventually bought them out, uh, which is insane. I don't know if that's is that is that like insider trading type uh, <laughs> activity I mean- or. Not necessarily insider trading, but I'm still trying to figure out why people are surprised that Facebook has vulnerabilities. And two, who would use a Facebook VPN? Like, wh- I'm wondering where yeah. this customer base comes from. So apparently, well, um, apparently there was enough people using it that they were able to uh, analyze <laughs> that WhatsApp was a, a good buy to make. Um, but anyway. I'm I'm just trying to say, like, it, it just kind of amazes me that you're going to get a Facebook VPN to use WhatsApp, which at the time was considered to be a secure messaging service. Yeah. But you're going to do it over Facebook's. It just it just blows my mind. Like it just. <laughs> it yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm surprised every day on 
on how people trust uh, certain companies that have over and over failed <laughs> to meet basic security expectations. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, a, Damn. It's, a, it's a weird ass news you just had there. <laughs> Is it? Uh, <laughs> so according to the court documentations, uh, it seems that Facebook wasn't interested in like hacking phones. They were interested in like you know gathering photos or you know anything anything on that side. But they were interested in boosting the capabilities that were already in their VPN product. Um, so NSO basically says that that's why or they the reason that they didn't sell the uh, software to them is because NSO um, I don't know they have this moral high ground where they they only sell to uh, government agencies and police agencies even though their definition of that is <laughs> really hazy um, but anyway in a statement uh, Facebook suggested NSO is misrepresenting these conversations between NSO and Facebook employees and they said quote NSO is trying to distract uh, distract from the facts Facebook and WhatsApp filed in court over six months ago. Their attempt to avoid responsibility includes inaccurate representations about both their spyware and their discussions with people who work for Facebook. Our lawsuit describes how NSO is responsible for attacking over 100 human rights activists and journalists around the world. Uh, again, the NSO CEO has admitted his company can attack devices without a user knowing, and he can see uh, who has been targeted with Pegasus. We look forward to proving our case against NSO in court and seeking accountability for their actions. So basically Facebook is saying, oh, we're going to sue you for using this software that targets our, uh, you know, our app, which is unsecure anyways. And then NSO is saying, oh, the only reason they're doing that is because they're butthurt that we didn't sell them a, a product like years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> that's basically what it, what it seems like here. So NSO, uh, again, they maintain that they only sell Pegasus to intelligence and law enforcement agency clients. Uh, that's why they didn't sell to Facebook, because they didn't fall into that category. But again, their, their definition of intelligence and law enforcement agencies is really, really hazy, because they've sold to uh, Saudi Arabia, which has openly murdered outspoken journalists and activists dozens of times in the past. Um, NSO Group, has they've never fully disclosed their full list of government clients, uh, but research at Citizen Lab, uh, which tracks the use of spyware, has claimed that current and former clients include Saudi Arabia, um, uh, Bahrain, Kazakhstan, Morocco, Mexico, uh, the United Arab Emirates, um, and was used to target Pakistani intelligence officials, Indian journalists, and exiled Rwanda political activists, and dozens of other groups of people. Uh, who obviously these governments are are tyrannical or dictatorships, but NSO is like, oh, they well, they're a government, so we can sell them. See now, th this brings up a larger point that I think governments are used to operating on. They have their borders, you know. what I'm saying so, mm -hmm. like you know, America's far away from you know Pakistan or Saudi Arabia or Iran or whatever. You know, what I'm saying we're far yeah. away yeah. geographically, but the internet spans the world. Mm -hmm. You can sit in Iran and touch someone in the U.S. It makes no sense that we would allow a company. It's a U.S. company, right? I assume I haven't. Um, I don't believe so. No. Isn't it an Israeli? Yeah, I believe uh, it's an Israeli company. Even better. Why has Israel let them sell this crap? <laughs> They're enemies. Like that makes this no sense. This is also sense. true. <laughs> like I mean, if I was the government of, it's kind of like our defense contractors in the U.S. I'd be like, yeah. uh, you're not allowed to sell this until I tell you you're allowed to. You understand? Yes, yeah, like, exactly. Come on now. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, it's it's just nonsensical. 
Um, but yeah, it is a uh, it is an Israeli uh, technology firm, awesome. which again that just adds a whole other layer of why, like <laughs> why are, why is this group allowed by the Israeli government to sell to people who want to destroy their country? I don't understand. Like Saudi Arabia. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this adds this adds more to the the idea that Facebook. You know, I think between my article that I'm going to read later about Amazon and about your article about Facebook, like it's just they mm. have too much data, like yeah. All of yeah. this is leading to them being able to gather immense amounts of data mm-hmm. on people and sellers and otherwise. It's just we got to find a solution to this. I don't have one on you know on the air today, but I think we got to start thinking of you know a regulatory framework for these companies that way they don't have that power. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. Like there's there's just way too much data that flows through these companies, um, mm-hmm. and it's just I mean eventually someone's going to just start siphoning or using it in the incorrect way um like like we've seen here so it's like yeah again i don't have a solution either um at least not one that is like viable but yeah these companies are just (laughs) just kind of doing whatever they want to without any repercussions i think we got to be you know careful because there's already the government push to get rid of end-to-end encryption i mean sooner or later it's going to become a hot topic yeah. To break it somehow. I don't think a lot of people understand how breaking that would work, but uh, definitely uh, going to be a hot topic in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, I find it hilarious that NSO group, like on their website, they consistently talk about how they're fighting terrorism. And uh, there's a, a quote from their website that says terrorists, drug traffickers, pedophiles, and other criminals have access to advanced technology and are harder to monitor, track, and capture than ever before. The world's most dangerous offenders communicate using technology designed to shield their communications, while government intelligence and law enforcement agencies struggle to collect evidence and intelligence on their activities. If they actually wanted to help with that, they probably shouldn't sell to governments that do the exact opposite or are in this category of of groups that they're saying they target. But that's not the business. I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think anyone should sell anything like this at all. I mean, yeah, no. I, I think it's I think it's fairly good that people that you know the being able to hide yourself on the mm. internet only helps public privacy, and I think it helps individual people keep their privacy in their own control. No, I, I don't I think you should agree. have a government that is just Big Brother that's like oh we capture absolutely everything. Yeah, no, I mean, if it, if a government wants to look into developing something like this, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. But for a company to develop this and then just sell it to basically the highest, highest bidder, bid. as long as it falls into their their facade of a category, um, that that seems a little much. <laughs> that seems extremely dangerous. I mean, you're basically a, a you're basically a gun runner at that point. I'm gonna start a private investigation company, and then I'll uh, I'm gonna apply to get this software as well. How much you think it's cost? Like eight or something uh, like probably that. a like, few million yeah i would yeah. i would assume <laughs> don't worry me and john will pay it we'll bring gold bars to the border oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah don't worry, say, we've been money laundering some bitcoin you know <laughs> just claim to be a you know a, a actual government and they'll sell to you because they seem to sell to everyone else so <laughs> yeah, we're Facebook, from uh, sea land <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> population three <laughs> i have a uh, I have a good one that goes right along with this, uh, yeah. the article about Amazon. So 
apparently Amazon went before Congress that said, hey guys, we do not, so as we, as we all know, just to catch people on how Amazon works, um, a lot of the stuff that you buy on Amazon is not actually made and sold by Amazon. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is sold by third-party merchants who, you know, find a way to source the materials, build it, and then sell it. And then Amazon sometimes fulfills it, or maybe even the shipper or the seller themselves fulfills the order. Mm. The interesting thing about this is Amazon went before Congress and said, hey, guys, we do not use our seller data to compete with our sellers. It turns <laughs> out they lied. That is not the case. Um <laughs> Reading an Ars Technica post because I was I was listening to you know one of the Amazon employees testify before Congress not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, and apparently Amazon is using their merchant data because obviously all the transactions take place through Amazon so they know the order volume and all that. Mm-hmm. They're using that data to determine what Amazon should start selling on their own platform to snuff out those other third-party merchants. Mm. That's that's shady. <laughs> That, that's shitty, but then again, like Amazon has become such a large retailer. Yeah. Imagine if you have a new product. Let's say you made a new phone case, and you're like, this is the coolest phone case around, and Amazon yeah. is like, there's, no, there's nothing stopping them from going and creating a very similar phone case and selling yeah. it, undercutting you on price and running you out of business. Do you think this is why they made their uh, Amazon Basic lineup? Like, because I've noticed yes. batteries, HDMI cables, shredders. Like, there's all yeah. kinds of Amazon Basic stuff yes. now. Okay. That's exactly but the product line that they would typically be selling them. They have like a what is it? I've, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Amazon Pantry and Amazon Household and there's even basics. a supplement line. I think like they have a bunch of stuff guys. for like vitamins and whatnot. Yeah, they but have a it, ton of products. My thing is, is they're getting caught now for, okay, you are using data to determine what is best to sell. In Amazon's defense, they're saying the company policy prevents them from doing that. There should be more than a company policy. If you're going to be a marketplace, you are just the marketplace. Like, what if eBay started coming out with eBay Essentials and then started yeah. selling their crap? Like, we would be like, that's that's not the point of the platform. I mean, whereas, to uh, be honest, like, doesn't Walmart do the same thing? Because Walmart has their like they're off brands that they sell right beside their other products. I would I would say Mar- Walmart is not the sole e-commerce giant though. You can go down the well, street yeah. to a Target or the yeah. Kroger or another store. You don't necessarily need, you know, to to go to a Walmart. And I would say that Amazon having the market share that they do in the e-commerce space mm-hmm. is unacceptable for them to be able to use that data to then run their competitor out of business. I'm surprised this, there hasn't been any antitrust like litigation against uh, Amazon. You know they're so massive, and like you said, they're the only e-commerce player in the game. Yeah, yeah true. Starting a monopoly. I I think there so it, there are a lot of uh, you know in the article it does talk about uh, it has a contentious relationship with its third-party vendors, and apparently there are several regulatory probes in the United States, the EU, and um, in the African bloc about Amazon using not only third-party information but about uh, antitrust itself um, hmm. because at the point where you're competing with someone like Amazon they'll just run you out I mean yeah. Amazon's whole oh, yeah. tactic is to run companies out of business and well, take over their market they've, they've shown it before there was some diapers company where you could buy diapers online and Amazon's like hey we'll buy you and they're like no so then Amazon massively discounted all the diapers being sold on their website and just made the other company go out of business like <laughs> goodness I, gracious I think this leads to a larger question of when you're a company like Amazon and you have the data, you know what is popular and what is not. 
you can easily make billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Is it right for the company to be able to, you know, capitalism? Is it, is it right for the company to be able to take over, or is it right to protect the many? Uh, you know, having multiple companies that do the same thing. I, I think there's a there's a balance that that has to be struck. I mean, if you're if you're going full capitalist and you're like, well, the market will figure itself out. Um, then you, you get companies like Amazon that they, they hit a lucky strike and they get so big that basically no one can compete with them. I mean, what what company, what retail company on the planet could compete with Amazon or buy them out or anything like that? They, you can't. Um, and when it comes to that point where they are basically the top dog and no one can beat them, I think they're... There, there needs to be at least something, some regulations or something like that done so that other companies can survive. Because otherwise, you'll just have a monopoly, and that's, that's, uh, that's not good. You know, <laughs> that's I, how you get I, Comcast. I would even say I think that Amazon is ripe for the breakup. The reason I say that, think about it. Amazon, the e-commerce platform, is separate from AWS. AWS yeah. is separate from all the rest of their businesses. I mean, you could break up Amazon into several companies very easily. They've actually yeah. made it super simple. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. <laughs> you just say, hey, AWS is now separate from this. This is separate from this. This is yeah. separate from this. We've done it before. I think that if Amazon keeps going, that's what they're looking at. Well, I, that, I really that's do. what you're supposed to do, correct? When there's a antitrust or something like that, you break them up into separate companies, right? If we would have to argue that there's a monopoly in Amazon. Which well, okay. I mean, it, it's kind. Of, as far as I'm, as far as I can see, it's kind of obvious that they do have some sort of monopoly okay. on e-commerce. Correct me if I'm wrong. John, what did AT and T? Uh, what what were they originally? What company? They might have been. I forget the exact name of it, but they've always yeah. kind of been the same thing. Um, like phone. I, I know whatever whatever company AT and T used to be, it was broken up. Uh, mm. It was you know. Well, there's like Bell. Or, I think it was Bell. So there's Bell, like Bell, Bell South, Bell Bell. Um, Bunch of bells. Okay. Bunch of bells. <laughs> well, I know Bell South for sure. I don't want to say Bell East and sound like an idiot if I'm wrong. You know, like. Well, so either way, I think our our listeners know. So, anyways, there was this large company, but they had a complete monopoly on that one sector. Amazon is in a bunch of different markets. Yeah. So it's hard to pin them down to one. Um, I would say if we were, we couldn't even say e, you know, e-commerce really because there are other e-commerce platforms, but they don't do the same thing Amazon does. Mm-hmm. I would also say there's other people in the cloud space as well, like Azure and you know Google Cloud and even Google. IBM to an extent. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Dude, yeah. IBM. Never mind. But, it's not our time to trash IBM. But, but but to what Fletcher is saying is um, normally monopolies are horizontal or they're vertical. So they either take out all the companies competing with them or they vertically go up. Uh, they own the whole supply chain from, like say, like a steel mine to the refinery, you know, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Amazon's like this weird, like, octopus. Like, it just has its leg in everything. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feed our uh, – it doesn't meet our, like, our standard definition of a monopoly. And like Fletcher was saying, there are other um, – e-commerce sites out there like back in the day microsoft was being accused of being a monopoly and they actually gave money to apple to be like no there's apple over there they make computers you know and and operating <laughs> systems and even though they're like 10 percent of the market mm-hmm. um, they still were able to justify like hey there is competitors you know so it's really I mean, hard I mean, uh, to see it getting break up on a on a lighter note have y'all seen I, I posted the other day if anybody looks at memes have y'all seen the meme you know of like you know 
you know, Samsung at the top and Apple at the bottom spraying champagne on themselves. Like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Apple's at the very, very bottom. Like, yeah, we're the best. <laughs> it just made me think of that. And I just cracked up. Like, here you go, Apple. Here's some money just to stay alive. <laughs> well, it did. I'm going to look it up back in the 90s when Apple was shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's still shit. Just expensive shit now. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah. Which perfectly segues into John's article. Oh, yeah. We're going to learn about <laughs> wiggers today. Oh, All right, no. kids. Learn how to spell wigger. U-Y-G-H-U. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, so we talked about wiggers on the store, uh, on the podcast before. And, you know, basically they've been persecuted by China. They've been thrown in these, like, concentration-like camps. Mm-hmm. And um, this is just kind of a follow-up and an update on this story that I previously talked about. So... There's a Chinese hacking group that's been found leveraging a new exploit chain in iOS devices to install spyware uh, implants that targeting the Uyghur Muslim minority in China. Um, so these findings were published by a digital forensic firm, uh, Veloxity. I think I'm saying that right. And they reveal an exploit is called Insomnia, which works against iOS versions 12.3, 12.3.1, and 12.3.2. Um, and these exploits use a flaw in the iOS like WebKit. Um, it has since been patched by Apple in iOS 12.4 mm-hmm. back in July. Um, so Veloxity said these attacks have been carried out by a state-sponsored hacking group called Evil Eye. Um, this is the same threat uh, actor that's been behind the other attacks against the Uyghurs um, that we talked about before and have been disclosed by Google's Project Zero team. And so China has long been known to persecute these Uyghurs, claiming that they're these extremist, separatist, uh, terrorist, um, and they're in this region of China called what Xinjiang, I think. I'm not. I'm not a Chinese expert, <laughs> but um, close enough. Yeah. So, and these Uyghurs, like I said before, they've been thrown into concentration camps, and they've been subject to uh, persecution, and they've been using these uh, like facial recognition. Um, China's been known for. To like find them and just they put them they call them re-education camps yeah i was gonna say i don't, <laughs> I don't think china would like that word uh being used with their... no, no yeah so they, they actually have pictures of it there's these re-education uh camps they're supposed <laughs> to teach them how like china's great and yeah. all this stuff you know yeah, yeah. um they're concentration so, camps <laughs> <laughs> so this malware campaign uh previously exploited as many as 14 vulnerabilities spanning from ios 10 all the way to ios 12 over a period of two years via a small collection of these malicious websites um, that they use as watering holes to hack into these iOS devices. Um, in this report, the company said that in the aftermath of last year's expose, the evil eye actor removed malicious code from the compromised websites and took it down its uh, command and control server infrastructure until it began observing uh, new activity across multiple previously compromised Uyghur websites starting in January 2020. Um, it's worth pointing out that the open source web browser engine WebKit, which is the basis of Safari and all the other third-party web browsers on iOS, mm-hmm. like Google Chrome and Firefox, um, the reason they're based off of this is because Apple's App Store review guidelines restricts these web browsers to be uh, WebKit-based. Mm-hmm. So I'm not entirely sure why they do that, but it's interesting. I don't know either. Apple locking down code to very specific pieces. <laughs> I, am, I am enthralled and angry you even say such a thing. Um, Apple has never been known for that. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. It's interesting now, but the the spyware that it's it's been an updated version of the one we talked before that's yeah. been disclosed by the Google's Project Zero Security Group, mm-hmm. um, and it supports HTTPS communications and is um, is able to transmit information about all the apps that are installed on the device as well as exfiltrate some data from secure email and messaging apps like Proton Mail and Signal. Um, Proton Mail actually came out and they were saying that. This is not due to like a flaw in ProtonMail. If a user saves a file to the device, then the spyware has access to it. Because other than uh, that, everything's yeah. open in memory. Yeah. And once you get out of that email, it's gone. Yep. Um, so okay, I just wanted to clear sense. that up before people start freaking out, you know. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, it, it seems, doesn't seem like anything new from China. Like, they're just... Nah focusing on these Uyghur minorities and well, the interesting thing about this is this malware is not persistent so if you do reboot the device it goes away so mm, okay but, that's good to know so reboot your devices every once in a while yeah <laughs> I mean it, it, it stopped at 12.4 right um yeah so that was patched what in July 2019 yeah um, but it's just interesting to know that this stuff is coming out and they're still focusing on the same group over and over again yeah, well, I mean, from what I've heard, they're they're kind of uh, widening their scope as well for who they're persecuting. I mean, they just kicked all the reporters out of China because they were reporting on stuff like this. Because uh, you know, first China was like, "Oh no, we're just uh, we're gathering them up for you know the good of them, and we're helping them and stuff like that." And then the reporters actually went in. They're like, "Uh, no, these are basically concentration camps. You're sterilizing people. Like people are dying." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh no, yeah, oh." Sh- <laughs> like no 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 re-education Shh. camps re-education <laughs> and uh i mean with this whole you know the freaking pandemic and virus and all yeah. that stuff they're not reporting deaths anymore and you know it's just it's so it's getting super crazy over there um i don't know how this is gonna affect uh, the freaking tech industry if china starts uh, severing ties with other countries and closing down because um, they've started closing their borders and flights in and out and stuff like that so it's kind of insane it's very interesting how china mainly supports its han majority um but all these other uh, like because most of the chinese population that are like the native han chinese are all on the east Um, but once you get more closer to like tibet and mongolia they're yeah they're more like either they're more different um um, ethnic groups yeah ethnic groups and they really they don't like it they try to crack down on them and change their culture and get rid of these ideas like they they absolutely hate like you know these different uh religious ideologies that are in china and they're oh trying yeah to, like, stomp all of it out they were throwing according to uh i think it was the new york times reporter that just got kicked out of china he was saying that they were uh, uh repossessing houses owned by um africans who had come there and they yep. were just repossessing their houses kicking them out on the street like bro like <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there something crazy that uh, Africans were carrying the coronavirus that China was trying to spew? Yes, like spew? yes. So, yeah, the, from this again, this is from, I believe, the New York Times. Um, they put out a podcast that I was listening to and a couple articles. Um, and it was by these reporters who were being kicked out. And a bunch of them um, migrated to Japan uh, just before the borders got closed in China. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, apparently the Chinese government was saying that the virus did not start in China. And it was either brought over, uh, at first they were saying it was the U.S. Army that brought it during the war games, um, and that they really, you know, released it intentionally or what have you. 
and then the Chinese government was like, no, 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 it's all the um, all the foreigners in our country. They're the ones. They're the dirty foreigners that are bringing in the virus. So yeah, the the African population in China got hit super hard um, because. I mean, obviously they're they're extremely different, and yeah, they just they got kicked out of their homes. They're becoming homeless. They can't leave the country because they everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're just getting persecuted left and right. Them and, and basically any other foreigner, but they were they were hit super hard. Them and the uh, um, like you said, the more Mongolian or um, Turkish population in China. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> I will also say that this this article, you know, just brings up the relevance again of the these state-sponsored groups like um you know china's state-sponsored hacking groups have been known to hack into multiple things north north korea's hacking groups are actually quite good uh, mm. believe it or not and they've they've hacked into tons of they've stole like i think hundreds of millions of dollars from central banks and i don't know it just shows that cyber warfare is is really the next domain for all this stuff going down mm-hmm. well, we'll see what happens to them if uh kim jong-un uh, is actually deceased is it conspiracy theory mondays where you you ever watched that show beyond belief back in the day uh i don't think so wait is that the one with jonathan freak yep and he'd be talking about all these ghosts and everything and he'd be like oh my goodness what do you think you know (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah dude i've watched it He would ask these dumb questions like, is it real? I don't know. <laughs> like, why, why did you ask that? I, I, can't, I can't do the voice, but that shit just has me cracking up. And, and it makes you wonder sometimes. They'd be talking about all these haunted stuff. And you'd be like, hmm. <laughs> Them Waluigi boards over there. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all, all the articles that we have for today. Do you guys have anything else? Nah, man. Nah. Okay. I got shit. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll see y'all later. Bye.